Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now, to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein. Thanks for joining us, everyone. This is Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. I'm here today with Chris Gross of Free Donation Productions. You're back. I am back. I am back to the land of the living. I Good to be here. I am so glad you're back. Well, I cannot even tell you how glad I'm, I am. You know, I've it's become such a habit that not getting to do my, you know, my semi-monthly episodes with you, Lindsay, really threw me <laughs> off. And I I think I was a couple weeks into last month and I go, man, something's just weird and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I realized that it wasn't, we weren't doing episodes and that's what threw me off so bad. <laughs> so you got the Rona. I did. I had COVID. I had COVID. And I think I got it about a week before we came in to record. And then I realized a couple of days before I said, oh man, I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to do it. Luckily, I didn't have bad symptoms. Um, I think honestly, not doing the podcast threw me off Uh-oh. physically more than the symptoms itself. <laughs> I, th- I think that's what I'm going with. So that's does this with. mean then that I'll never lose you? That you'll always be my sidekick? I've yeah, it's become like um, what what is it called when you try to wean yourself off something and you <laughs> you can't like withdrawals? Like <laughs> I I realized that I had buy the books withdrawals. Did, yeah. Has your dad been missing you on the show? He has yes yes. Did he actually say something. He asked me every week yes like if when I'm when, when I'm when I'm going to be on the next episode yes. All right, well Chris's dad. He's back. Ken. He's you here. can call yes, Ken, Ken we're here. Our yes. favorite fan. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. We love all of our fans, but we love Ken. He's I he's my favorite fan. I think okay. I can say that. I love all the other fans too. <laughs> um but I'm sorry, none of you raised me or provided yeah. <laughs> for me. So I can say he's my and favorite. Your taxes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> You know, it's it, it's funny. Um, we talked about it this weekend about when I'm going over and he's going to boot up the TurboTax That's to help us. So, yeah, we're, <laughs> we actually talked about that this now, past weekend. Do you feel like after doing these episodes with me that this tax season is going to go differently than past ones? I yes, I thought about whether I wanted to just do it myself. Like, really? like I would still go through TurboTax, but I think... I could handle it by myself. Really? I really think I could. So what's yeah. changed in your confidence level? Why has that changed? Really, what I was thinking about is um, by separate circumstances that I've been in, um, you know, having been a 1099 before, you know, we've talked about having to make those um, the payments. And you talked a, a little bit about that last week with Jeffrey. Um, and so really this podcast, I've learned a lot about those things. I think a lot of stuff surrounding that, I I don't know if without by the books and without knowing you, Lindsay, um, if I thought I could. But I, Interesting. I do think I'm not going to <laughs> because <laughs> he's offering free help and, and it's- And he's a CPA. And it's just another, um, you know, another set of eyes yeah. on what we're doing. And, yeah. and we've talked about before, I will do almost anything to avoid getting that letter in the mail that says, you know, the return address is the IRS. And so um, just getting those extra eyes is, is helpful as well. Yeah. No, hey, if your dad's a CPA, hey, I take advantage yes. of it. Yes. And you know what? I say all that. And the first year I try to do it myself, I know I'm going to be like, I messed up. Like I should. 
Ken Gross should be sitting here next to me helping me with this. So was it the last episode we did together with the M&Ms? Was that I think the last it was. one? Yes, yes. So at least we went out with a bang before you were down. Yes. I mean, that, ep- that episode has been the most watched episode on YouTube. I was thinking about it actually this morning on my way in, and I was thinking about how still i mean we're what this we recorded that probably two months ago yeah something like that and i still can i throw um uh i throw the uh oh what's the the bad word that we don't like to say um see i've already thrown it out of my memory debits and credits like (laughs) i've completely thrown that out the window and i was thinking this morning in terms of m&ms like in different colors of m&ms so it was it was very beneficial to well, me. Good. Yes. I mean that was the goal is to break down complicated accounting principles yes. and make them super easy. So what I want to talk about today is the balance sheet. But I want to okay. refer back to the things we talked about in that episode. If you remember, everything was three colors of M&Ms, right? We had orange, green, yes. Orange, blue? green, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, orange, green, and blue. And I don't remember which was which, but everything came down to those three three colors. Those three colors represented the three parts on a balance sheet. Assets, liabilities, and equity. Everything goes into those three buckets yes. in accounting. Everything. So do you remember the accounting equation? Give me the three categories again. Assets. Yes. Liabilities. Equity. Um, equity. No, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Equi- equity equals assets. Am I right so far? No. Okay. You, you Assets equal liabilities and equity. What? Remind me what goes in the liabilities. That would be things you owe. Okay. That's your... So if you think of it in terms of a house, right? Your asset is the actual tangible home and mm-hmm. land, right? That's the asset. Yes. That Whatever the value of that asset is the total of your liability to the bank, what you owe for your mortgage, plus the difference... Okay, that's right. ...which is your equity. Which is technically what i own so if you sold that asset you've you've got to pay off the bank Mm -hmm. right you got to pay that loan off so what's left yes is your equity right so if i've paid off a quarter of my house that quarter is my equity yes the 75 percent is liability right that's right so your equity goes up as you pay down your debt yes yes your equity goes up as your home value goes up So the same principle in business and the balance sheet is what shows this. And you could even have a balance sheet on your home, right? You could show the the current market value of your home and that's the asset. Then you've got what you owe the bank. That's Mm -hmm. your liability. Mm -hmm. And then the difference at the bottom, that's your equity. Yes. So that's the accounting equation. Everything in accounting, everything you do in a business fits into those three buckets. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Of course, if you're buying or selling an asset, that's obvious. But even things like office supplies, if you go buy office supplies or pay employees, everything goes into those three buckets. Inventory, 
credit cards, doesn't matter. Any activity whatsoever goes in those three buckets. So we go into detail with the M&M episode about yes. that. Yes. So balance sheet. <clears throat> I think I want to call this episode something along the lines. You can play with this, but okay. something along the lines of the balance sheet. <laughs> why the balance sheet is the most important financial statement. Wow. Okay. And most people don't even pay attention to it. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say yeah. most people. Yeah. A lot of business owners don't pay attention to it. Why? I think many people don't understand it. Don't know exactly what they're looking at or why they should care. Yeah. Um, most people want to look at their income statement because that's fairly obvious, right? You've got your income, your expenses, and your bottom line, right? And that shows... The performance of a certain period. That gives you a pretty good picture of, of things. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not the full picture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't have everything. Like that wouldn't include um, that doesn't liabilities mean, through loans or right, anything. Right. Yeah. It doesn't include everything. And if you remember us talking about in the M&M episode, how the income statement is just drilling down on that section of the equity that says net income. Basically, it's like you clicked yeah. on net income and now here's your income statement to show you the detail of that one line on your balance sheet. So your balance sheet includes that. It's yeah. just a summary. It's not the full detail. So there would be some things, <clears throat> you know, I think one of the things that was hardest for me to pick up on was you've got to put a an M&M in two separate categories. Sometimes, When you're yes. making a transaction. Sometimes. Well, I mean, you've got to put... You've got to put one in or take one out, right, from assets on one side, and then you've got to do something equal on the liability or equity side, correct? Or it could be just going from one asset to That's another. That's true. That's true. That's because right. if you are paying cash for an asset, yeah. for example, so you're, okay. de you're de decreasing your cash asset, but yeah. you're increasing another asset, whether it's a vehicle, equipment, whatever. Sure. So all that is affecting is the assets. So you're not even touching liabilities or equity yeah. in that case. So the point I was getting at, and correct me if I'm <clears throat> wrong, but with that, where you're, you've got so many, and we'll just continue to use M&Ms. You've got so many M&Ms in different buckets. Mm -hmm. Just looking at the income statement, um, I could see where there would be certain, you're including certain M&M movements on an income statement, but then there are some that are missing, missing, right? Correct. So you get a, a certain picture of your business, right. but you could totally be missing, hey, these M&Ms that we're moving over here, this is really important that you need to know right. you're not paying any attention to. Right. Yes. And I would argue that the balance sheet, if you're only going to look at one, look at your balance sheet. Yeah. Okay. Um, that it has everything from the beginning of time. It's accumulation. So you could think of your income statement is kind of like a video in that it's over a course of a period, right? Mm -hmm. So you have this period of time. It's showing you maybe a year. You might put a week. You might put a month. You know, you're setting the time frame. Whereas we think of balance sheet as a snapshot because it's just one day and it's your balances as of that one day. Okay. However, those balances as of that one day are the accumulation of Everything. all the past history up to that point. So with an income statement, it's not going to show you if you put in there the time frame of last month, for example, 
So from the first day of the month to the last day of the month, that's what I want to see. It's not going to show you any activity outside of that. It's only going to show you what happened in that month. A balance sheet, if you put the last day of last month in there, it's showing you the snapshot of the balances as of that day, Mm -hmm. but it's the accumulation of every bit of activity from the very beginning of your business (laughs) until that day. Yeah. So it doesn't go away. So what does that mean? That means there's ramifications if something's wrong. Because if there was something wrong last year on your balance sheet, it doesn't just disappear. Yeah. On your income statement, if you've got problems Mm -hmm. on your income statement, well, next year it goes away. You're not looking at that anymore. It went bye-bye. That was last year. That was the past. And you just hope you don't get audited, right? You don't worry about it anymore. If you have problems on your balance sheet, it doesn't Mm -hmm. just go away. It just keeps following you year after year after year. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I say it is so important to look at your balance sheet. And Mm. that's usually what I'm opening to see really what are the conditions of these books when we first get a client. And I can't tell you how many times I have clients tell me almost every time, oh, our books are pretty clean. Our books are pretty clean. Yeah, we're pretty clean. And then I'll open that balance sheet. (laughs) And, you know, I I don't argue with them. I'll just usually start going down the list. Okay, well, it says that you have a bank account called gas expense. Did you open a bank account and call it gas expense? Oh, no, no, that's just our cash expense. Okay, well, that's not a bank account. It's showing up right now as an asset on your balance sheet. We probably should move that to be on your income statement instead as an expense account, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, And it shows that you have a negative $200,000 in this Bank of America checking account. Oh, no, no, we're not. We don't have a negative balance. Okay. Well, there might be a few problems there that we need to fix. Um, I'm showing you have this 2019 Toyota pickup truck. No, we sold that three years ago. Okay, well, it's still listed as your asset. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. all you have to do is go line by line on this balance sheet. Yeah. And the business owners, it starts clicking mm-hmm. that it may not be as clean as they thought. And they probably thought it was clean because they were looking at their income statement. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And they saw that, you know, their sales and their expenses looked okay, but they weren't paying attention to what was going on on the balance sheet. If your balance sheet, and this is important, write this down, everyone. If your balance sheet is correct, your net income is correct. If your Mm. balance sheet is wrong in any way, your net income is wrong. Or likely wrong. I'll say likely wrong. Yeah. So make sure your balances on your balance sheet are correct. And I'm going to do another episode after this directly talking to business owners about how to audit themselves, which is important. If you not even if you have a bookkeeping service, even if you have a CPA, it's important that you understand how to audit your own books. Even if you just spend a little bit of time on it just to double check as a second set of eyes, it's important you know what to look for. Because on that, if you do get in trouble, if something's wrong, the IRS isn't going to go, okay, well, sorry, we're going to your CPA. They're still coming after (laughs) you, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No. And we've talked about that in episodes before. even talked about case studies where someone's tried to say, well, my CPA did this. 
doesn't matter. You are the business owner. It's your responsibility to make sure it's correct. Yep. Yep. So when you look at a balance sheet, top section is going to be your assets. That's okay. at the very top, right? And it's going to basically, if you look at a balance sheet, it goes from the most liquid to the least liquid. Do you know what that means? Um, I'm going to take a stab here. Okay. I, this is one of those things I feel like I have an understanding of, but okay, I don't think perfect. I could explain. I can't wait. To is, hear. is liquidity. Is that, is that yes, how I would say it? Look at you. The liquidity would be, is that how easy I can move something or access sell it. something like that? Yes. How easy you can access it. Okay. So the more liquid, the more easy it is to access it. So what would be the most liquid thing possible in an asset as an asset? Uh, cash. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's why cash you always see at the top of a balance sheet. Okay. So cash and cash equivalents. So what would what would be the opposite? What's a very non-liquid asset? Real estate. Okay. Yeah. I mean, how quickly can you liquidate real okay. estate? Okay. Yes. Not very quickly. Right. Right. So most liquid is going to be cash and cash equivalents. So that's where you're going to see if you have any petty cash, mm -hmm. any checking accounts, savings accounts. Yeah. You might have, you know, a money market account, something like that. That's where you're going to find it is right at the top of your balance sheet. Then it goes from there. You might have other current assets, which would be things that would be less than a 12 month cycle, like inventory, like not long-term assets. Right. These are things that you're going to be relinquishing, liquidating before the end of the year or 12 months. So all of that's going to be at the top. And then you're going to get into your less liquid assets, also known as long-term liabilities. And that's where you're going to find your real estate assets, sure. your vehicles. You might have long-term equipment assets, yeah. things like that. So that's your asset section. Okay. And you're going to see depreciation start coming on there because you can depreciate that stuff over time. You know, and every asset has a different schedule and it, you could have a different tax schedule from your book schedule. So that gets complicated. And yeah. if you want more details on that, we did an episode with Josh Dixon about depreciation. Yeah. But you'll see the asset value and then you'll see the depreciation on a separate line. And so just on that real quickly... Anything in my business that I own is in assets, and right? Not necessarily. Okay. Because there's a threshold. Okay. Most CPAs tell us that they don't want to see anything on the balance sheet that's less than $2,500. Okay. okay. Now, different CPAs, yeah. different tax preparers have different thresholds, but the one we hear the most right now is 2500 Okay. So if you had a computer, for example, that cost you eighteen hundred dollars, mm -hmm. they wouldn't want to see that on your balance sure. sheet. Okay. They that just makes want sense. us yeah. to expense it to um, you know, office supplies or whatever. There might be a small equipment expense account or something. Which where would that show up? Let's see how much you remember from our M M episode. Okay. So because everything shows up on the balance sheet somewhere. Yes. But yes. if it's not in the assets, where does that eighteen hundred dollar computer show up? Equity. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So in QuickBooks, there is a, at the very bottom of your equity section, a net income line. Okay. That's your current year income, right? So yes. that's the, the sum of your income minus expenses. 
And then once the year is over, it gets moved up to the line called retained earnings. So that's your past year net income, the accumulation from the very beginning. So if you bought the computer in the current year, you would see it in that net income line. If you bought the computer last year, it would show up in that retained earnings line. Hold on real quick. So why does, why would a computer that I own go into the income line? It's the net income. Net what income. is net income? It's your income minus expenses. Okay. And it's just yes. one line, net income. Yeah. It could be a positive number if you've made money, if you've right. made a profit. Right. It could be a negative number if you've lost money. So that net income okay. line is all income and expenses. It's the net sure. of those two. It's not just this is the money or anything that I brought in. That's accounting. It's profit. Yes. It's your profit number. Okay. So any income and expenses is netted out into that line. And that's why I say your income statement is really just drilling down on that one line. Mm -hmm. But everything is on your balance sheet. Gotcha. Okay. It's just not detailed on your balance sheet. So you've got an $1,800 computer. It goes into an expense account because it's under the threshold Mm -hmm. of $2,500. And ultimately it shows up in the equity section. So that's all your assets, your depreciation. That's all in the top section of your balance sheet. Now, remember in the accounting equation, assets equal liabilities plus equity. Correct. Second part of that balance sheet is what you owe, your liabilities. That could be credit cards, could be a loan to the bank, Mm -hmm. could be a mortgage on a property, anything you owe. Yeah. Maybe you owe dad money could be yeah it could be you owe yourself as the business owner money right. you might have a loan to the business owner or from the business owner um it could be any number of things just anything you owe to somebody else right right and again it goes from the most like the the current stuff like mm-hmm. a credit card would be a con- current liability kind of the expectation that it will be paid off within 12 months So you've got current liabilities all the way to your long-term liabilities, like a property mortgage, which is usually 30 years or more. So those long-term liabilities are going to be at the bottom of the liability section. Then last but not least is when you got the equity section. Now, remember that's what's left over, right? You can think of the equity section as what's left over. Yes. Like basically you're just taking assets, Minus liabilities. And whatever's left. Whatever's left over is your equity. And just like with the house, remember we talked about if if your house value increases, your equity increases. You can increase Mm -hmm. the value of your business by making more profit. Because as that net income line goes up, your equity goes up. Right. And your accumulation of all of your profit from all past years is in that retained earnings total. Mm -hmm. So as you make money and earn that profit, it goes into that equity section. It's increasing the value and it's going somewhere, right? Because again, assets is liabilities and equity. Yes. So if you're making profit, where are the assets going up on the other side? And, my bank account. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Your cash. Yes. Because people are paying you for your yeah. good or service. And so for as <clears throat> this is credited on this side, 
I've got to find a space either in my liabilities or my equity to go up with it. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make sense putting it in liabilities. Right. And you, yeah. you could you could go get a loan or what have you. So your liabilities sure. could go up. But if we're talking about the value of my business rising, right, that's right. got to fit into equity. It, well, yeah. And you think about somebody that's looking at a business to buy, for example, they're obviously going to be looking at your liabilities. Yes. Right. right. If they're going to be assuming those liabilities, especially, but they're going to be looking at the full picture to mm. see. That's why they ask for the balance sheet, right? Yeah. Even people that buy stocks and like to look at the fundamentals of a company, they're looking at that company's balance sheet to see how healthy is this company? How much debt do they have? You know, are are those assets coming from new income that they've made or are those assets coming from loans? Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely something that people that want to look at fundamentals of a company, they're looking at. So... Equity section is also where you're going to see any owner distributions, contributions, anything that's going to or from the owner flows through that equity section. So you typically see, and it looks differently depending on what kind of entity it is. If it's a corporation or a partnership, those equity sections have different accounts depending on what type of entity it is. If it's a corporation, it's going to look different than if it's a sole proprietorship or a partnership. So those equity sections sometimes have different wording. Sometimes it might say shareholder. Sometimes it might say owner. Sometimes it might have partner's actual names in there. So they can look a little different, but ultimately what it's recording is anything the partner has either contributed or taken out of the company. So that's where all of that flows. Right. Right. So in our company bookkeeping, what, what I stress to my staff is that the balance sheet is like the polar star, right? You know how there's a star that's like the center of how, you know, everything else is not rotating. I guess um, that's not a good word, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's one star that it do- yes. doesn't move. The polar star. Yes. Everything. Um, yeah. It's you rotate, right? So the yeah. earth rotates so, around the sun. Is that so all the other stars yeah. will change, right? But that star is like yes. the center, right? right? It's co- that's the balance sheet for us in bookkeeping, okay. at least in our company. If your bookkeeper is not stressing the importance or seeing the importance of the balance sheet, you might want to make a change because it's so important. Yeah. So that's our polar star is that balance sheet. And so ultimately part of what my bookkeepers are doing when they're making sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted before we submit financials to the owner, we're tying all those balances to source documents wherever possible. So source document, if it's a bank account, it would be a bank statement. We're tying it to a bank statement. Right. If there's a difference, we need to explain it. And there might be. There might be legitimate differences, like they cut a check and it's in the mail to someone. So the book balance is different from the statement balance, but we can explain why. And we have to look at that. Okay, if there's unclear checks, how old are they? Because it could be an unclear check that was sent in 1999, (laughs) you know, so we need to make an adjustment here and probably need to call that vendor and, you know, figure out what happened to the check, you know. So unclear checks is something we put focus on because we want to make sure those don't get too old. And we put a lot of focus towards the end of the year, because if there's something that's now been 
out in the mail for two months we need to follow up on this before the end of the year so hopefully we can close the year with the least amount of unclear checks possible right yeah so if there's a difference let's explain it let's research the problems so bank accounts that's easy to get a source document then you have let's say inventory inventory is more ambiguous It's not like you get a statement. (laughs) Here's your inventory. You got to create that somehow. For some business owners, it's going into where you hold your inventory and manually counting everything. Now, a lot of companies have more sophisticated um, software. They Mm -hmm. might have RFID scanners where they can just scan the barcodes, you know, in one fell swoop. Mm -hmm. And now they know what their inventory is. Right. Whatever means you get it. We need a physical inventory count. Now, some businesses are not going to do that every month, but (laughs) it needs to be done at least once a year. Okay. And so the idea is that we would get as bookkeepers, the physical inventory count and be able to put in the right inventory balance there and tie it to something. So that would be the source document is some kind of report of the physical inventory. Then, Going down to liability section, you might have a credit card. Okay, well, that's like a bank. You have a statement every month to tie that balance to. Um, if it's a mortgage, you should have a mortgage statement mm-hmm. to tie that balance right. to. Right. Um, sometimes they're not that easy. Sometimes you have liabilities like um, a business owner loaning money to the company. There's not a monthly statement, right. but there should be some kind of document. And if you don't have one, hint, hint, you should have a loan agreement. It's yeah. not... By any government regulations, it is not going to be a legitimate business owner loan if you don't have a loan agreement with terms, payment terms, interest, all of that. So there should be some kind of loan agreement for which we can create an amortization schedule and tie to that. So basically, we're kind of creating our own statement. And sometimes we have to do that with other types of loans, too. If it's not an entity that gives monthly statements, sometimes we just have to create an amortization schedule and we tie to that and make sure the balance matches. So that's liabilities. Then equity. A lot of times we'll have things flowing in and out of equity, which big no-no. I'm always advising owners, do not use business checking Credit card for personal expenses. Yes. Don't yes. do it. Don't do it. I, I feel like that's it on almost every podcast. And I will continue yes. to say it. Yeah. Don't do it. There are liability issues. If you've set up an LLC, there is literally no point if you're going to commingle things. Because you are not going to get that liability protection if you've commingled. If somebody sues your company, yeah. Yeah. your personal assets will be subject to any punitive damages, anything that comes out of that lawsuit because you've commingled. Don't do it. And don't do it because you're paying a lot more money for bookkeeping services and tax (laughs) services because we're having to muddle through, okay, what's personal, what's business? If you think about that $6 cup at Starbucks that you bought, how much is that now costing you? Because you've had to pay your bookkeeper to touch it. You've had to pay your tax preparer to touch it. Yeah, and then you, you got audited. And now you've got to explain it to the IRS auditor. Like, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Just yeah. pay yourself into then, a personal account and, and buy your that. Starbucks out of there. Right? Yeah. 
Um, now, if you had a legitimate business meeting at Starbucks, that's different. Yeah. That is legitimate business expense. But if it was just you on your morning commute going to get your Starbucks, that does not count. Pay it out of a personal account. Well, maybe I just have a daily business meeting with the barista, right? <laughs> can, I, can I make that fly? You know, if you can go in there and try to sell your services to Starbucks, then you might be able to legitimize it. You might be able to. But you better go in there with your sales pitch. And, yeah. You know, like you better legitimize that sucker. Anyway, so but if there are any personal and business transactions that have been commingled, that's where they're going to show up in that equity section. Yeah, we don't have a source document to tie that to. So typically what we're doing is contacting the owner, sending them a list. Here is what we have in your equity section, you know, distributions and contributions. Is this accurate? Can you please confirm that all this activity was personal activity? Just getting their confirmation. Usually they email and say, yes, that's all correct. Yeah. And we attach that email to our, you know, in our system so that we have that recorded that that yes that was confirmed and that turns into our source document so whatever it is that we can tie something to we're tying it to once we have a tax return we can tie it to a tax return the whole entire thing and by the way side note one question to ask your tax preparer is whether they put a balance sheet in the tax return because not they don't have to in every instance there's a lot of instances where the IRS does not require a balance sheet on the tax return. Okay. The lazy ones, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> the, um, the, the um, what's another word I could use? The, the, relaxed? The, the more relaxed uh, tax yeah. preparers, if they don't have to do it, yeah. they're not going to do it. I love the tax preparers that put a balance sheet in the tax return, yeah. even when they're not required to do so. <laughs> And it makes, and a good bookkeeper should appreciate that because then they have another polar star to compare. Because yeah. even if yeah. even if that tax return isn't correct, that's what was filed. So that's not that's now what is. Yeah. <laughs> now we can sometimes catch things and say, uh, that wasn't filed correctly, and you right. might do an amended return. Yeah. Um. But it makes things a lot easier when we have a balance sheet, when we can tie the polar star in the books to the polar star that was given to the government. So hopefully those match. And right. there again, there's legitimate reasons why they might not match. For example, meals. Um, just this year now, meals are 100% if you go to a restaurant, but it hasn't always been that way. If you don't go to a restaurant if you get something at a gas station or a grocery store, it's 50% okay. of a tax deduction on your tax return. Yeah. Now it's still a legitimate business expense, assuming it is it's legitimate business expense, which yeah. is in your books as you're, you're recording a hundred percent of that expense, but on your tax return, it's mm. only 50%. Yeah. That's a legitimate difference. But our job as bookkeepers is to compare those and explain the difference. And again, another great thing about some of our tax preparers is they'll provide us with that reconciliation. Yeah. If we get a tax preparer that actually provides us with yeah. that work already done where they can explain to us the difference between the book balance and mm, the tax balance mm, where mm. we don't have to do it, we can just see it, it's already there. 
Ah, uh, yeah, so nice. Because a good tax preparer would know why there's a difference and yes. should be able to explain that. Yes, yeah, they should. They should. Um, they Keyword should there. Yeah, but a lot of times we are having to come up with that reconciliation. Yeah. It's not provided to us in most cases. So when we find a tax preparer that always does a balance sheet and that always provides that reconciliation, tax yeah. book reconciliation, it is a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> These are the types of questions I want to know yeah. whenever I'm in, um, um, interviewing a tax preparer. Yeah. These are, by the way, <laughs> these are the people that Lindsay is sending business to. <laughs> it, it sounds like if you get if you get someone and you know their tax preparer doesn't do that, there's no balance sheet. They're probably not sending a lot of business that way. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, that's a fair statement. Now, yeah. there might be other things they do. That make up for that, you yeah. know, because I try to match preparers, you know, based on personality. And risk you have to have tolerance. a good fit, right? Yes, you need to have the same risk tolerance. You need to have a good personality fit. There's a lot of factors that go into that. So let's say there's a tax preparer that I know personality wise is going to have great chemistry. Yeah. They're going to have great customer service, which is a big thing with CPAs because a lot of them don't. <laughs> Um, I'm, I mean, that's the number one complaint I get about them. Um, you know, but let's just yeah. say all the other T's are crossed, but they don't put balance sheets in their tax return. I mean, I don't think I would not right. give their name out because of that. It's yeah. just, it makes our job easier as bookkeepers when it's there. And, you know, especially if we're having to tie a few years back, you know, if, if this is a big cleanup project and we're having to start from two or three years ago, it's so nice when we can tie to a balance sheet. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, balance sheet is a big deal. Don't underestimate how big of a deal that is. And if you want to see how well your bookkeeper, whoever's doing your books, if you want to see how well they're doing, open your balance sheet and just start looking at it. Do I actually have that much in my checking account? Yeah. Do I actually have that much inventory? Do I actually still have all these vehicles listed? <laughs> <laughs> Do I actually have that loan? Is that right, balance of right. that loan right? You know, just start looking at those things. And if you're seeing a lot of problems, if you're seeing things listed on the assets, which happens quite a bit, especially when business owners are doing their own books, we yeah. find this things listed as a bank account <laughs> that are actually expenses. You know, it'll say yeah. office supplies or gas expense <laughs> and it's listed as a bank account. And I'll tell you why that happens. They're usually using QuickBooks. And when you go create a new account in QuickBooks, it defaults, defaults. Mm, as a bank yeah. account. Yeah. You have to change it to an expense account instead. And so if people don't realize that they need to go change that, it just populates as a bank account. And yeah. it's now on the balance sheet, which means, by the way, it's not showing up on your income statement at all. So when you're opening your income statement to see income and expenses in your bottom line, that gas expense that you marked as a bank account, it's not showing up. Yeah. Because it's on your balance sheet. Right. So your balance sheet includes 100% of everything. Yeah. Everything. There is not a transaction in your books that's not on your balance sheet. Right. Unless you have some kind of screwy software that's glitchy. But if you have good software, everything's on your balance sheet. So very important. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk to you about how you and your team at 
Cline handled this. And by the way, I, I thought what you just said was so important about when you're trying to match a client you have with some other kind of service, you take into account personality fit, risk tolerance. Um, I, I think that's so important. And I think that's one of the benefits of Cline that you're not going to get at a lot of other places. But with talking specifically about the balance sheet, how many people come to you as a new client and have these balance sheet problems? And and I don't want it to be... They, and, and that's what I was going to say is I don't want to sound like I'm talking down to anybody because it seems like this is a very, a very common problem that a lot of people struggle with. Is that because of they... They just tried doing everything on their own, and it's really hard to do on your own. Maybe they had a, a bad bookkeeper before. I was going to say, it's not even that they tried to do it on their own. I don't think we've had a client yet that we didn't have some level of cleanup. Yeah. Um, I, and sometimes it's worse than others, right? Sometimes it's just an easy two, three-hour fix. Sometimes it's months. Wow. <laughs> it depends on how many yeah. cans of worms we have. Yeah. Um, but I don't think we've had a single client where we opened the balance sheet in the books and said, oh, it's perfect. Let's yeah. run with it. So is that is that a word of advice to any business owners who are listening that haven't taken a, a good look or had somebody take a good look at their balance sheet? That this is, hey, you've probably most likely have something in there that needs to be fixed. Probably. Yeah. And like I said, there hasn't been a single instance that I can think of where we didn't have at least something to right. work on there. Right. Um, and a lot of it, I think is that bookkeepers in general, I mean, you think about, do you know any big time bookkeeping companies that are like household names? No. Most people that do bookkeeping are solopreneurs. A lot yeah. of times it's stay at home moms doing it out of their home. That's primarily who you see doing bookkeeping. Yeah. Sometimes it's accounting firms. Um, you know, you might have your CPA firm doing it, but by and large, it's just people who know how to use QuickBooks. Yeah. Yeah. But don't necessarily understand mm -hmm. the accounting principles behind what QuickBooks is doing. And so by and large, a lot of bookkeepers do not understand the importance of what I've explained in this episode. Yeah. yeah. The balance sheet. In fact, this is something that I continuously drill down on my team. I'm sure they're sick of hearing me say it, but I don't know how many of them coming into this job with me grasped it, which is why I keep saying it, because I'm trying to make sure they understand the importance of it. Yeah. And we're gonna in our next episode, I'm going to drill down on how to audit your book. So a lot of that is just drilling down on all these individual balance sheet accounts. And so I keep reiterating to them the yeah. importance of this. Yeah. And I talked to a CPA about this the other day, because as I've mentioned on here before, I network with a lot of CPAs. We're great referral partners for each other because we don't do taxes. Oftentimes they, they hate bookkeeping. Yeah. They don't want to yeah. touch bookkeeping. <laughs> um, so we make their job easier because when we do our job well, their job is much easier. So I love to get to know CPAs, tax preparers. I make a concerted effort to network with them. And I talked to one the other day that I'm trying to get in and yeah. get good yeah. with. And 
I explained to him my philosophy about how the balance sheet is our polar star and yeah. that if it's correct, the, the net income correct. And he slaps the table. He's like, you are the first <laughs> bookkeeper that gets it. He was so excited. He was sold. He's yeah. like, that right there tells me you know what you're doing. He was so excited. I was like, all right. And he did send me business this last week. That's so awesome. Yeah. I was super excited. <laughs> like, all right, that's all I had to say. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, all that to say, balance sheet, super important. Yeah. Don't underestimate the importance of it. And And what I can, you know, what I think back on is, let's say I'm just your average one in the bill business owner. I've got a problem with my balance sheet somewhere. But what is going to help if I come to you, Lindsay, I come to Secline, one thing you always preach is to keep your documents, yes. keep as much documentation as possible. Yes. And so if if I've at least held to that, me coming to you, if I have, if I overload you with documents, that's an easier way to get my oh, balance sheet fixed. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that would be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but let's say, and this has happened, you have two, three years to catch up on. Most banks don't let you just log in yeah. and get two or three years of bank account data. Right. Like you usually have to contact your banker, say, listen, I need three years of bank <laughs> statements. They'll usually charge you a fortune yeah. to go back to their archives somewhere and find them and yeah. find your bank statements. So keep them, even if you don't know what to do with them, save them somewhere yeah. so that if you ever need them, and by the way, you can get audited years back. Like the IRS yeah. could audit you and you're going to need those. So keep definitely bank statements. Like that's a huge important thing to keep. Keep your bank statements. So yes, can't preach that enough too. Yeah. Keep your documents. Yes, yes. So, all right. How can people find you if they want to do some podcasting? Yes. Check us out, freedonation.live, or you can email me, real easy way, Chris, K-R-I-S, at freedonation.live. And I'm Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. If you're wanting to make sure your balance sheet stays accurate, we would love to help you with that. Um, our website is secline.com, S-A-K-L-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Until next time, have a great week. By the Books is presented by Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Secline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit secline.com or email info at secline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Secline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.